This is the Inside Track podcast by the BVRLA. Join us as we speak to high-profile guests from across rental, leasing and fleet as they discuss their careers, react to the latest news and look at what may be coming in the future. Here, the BVRLA's Senior Policy Advisor, Catherine Bowen, explores the UK's EV charging infrastructure with representatives from Drax Energy and the Algorithm People. Welcome to our podcast. I'm joined today by Tom Lusher, Electric Vehicle Specialist from Drax, and Natalie Hughes, Director of Partners and Corporate Accounts from the Algorithm People. Lovely to have you with us today. Earlier this year, the government published its long-awaited EV infrastructure strategy. The main focus of this was on supporting those unable to easily charge at home and also supporting local authorities who increasingly are being given more responsibility for the planning and provision of charging infrastructure. At the same time as the strategy, the government also published the consumer experience consultation outcome, where we saw them committing to ensure that there's great support um, for those looking for reliable charge points and also making sure that there's better uh, transparency and ease of payment. At the time of the launch, the government also suggested that we'll need a minimum of 300,000 charge points by 2030. So today we'll discuss some of these announcements and also explore some other developments in the EV infrastructure market. So uh, to kick us off, um, Tom, perhaps I can ask you, um, in terms of sort of charging infrastructure and and that, you know, announcement by the government around 300,000, where would you say we are in terms of charging infrastructure? Are we on the right trajectory and is 300,000 going to be enough by 2030? Yeah, thanks, Catherine, and thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Um, it's a really, really interesting time in the EV charging infrastructure space. As you mentioned, we've had some really interesting government announcements come forward, EV infrastructure strategy, and about the same time, the consumer experience consultation. And yeah, the headline figure is this 300,000 charges um, available to, to EV drivers in the UK. and it's probably just worth saying that this is a minimum expectation by 2030 in the UK, so it could be more, could be less. It really depends how we how we develop over time. And I think it comes as well at a point where the the infrastructure industry is moving from like early early doors, sort of all new new products, new services, and we're starting to mature. And the government's obviously still incentivizing people to go electric by EV charge points, but also they're now starting to think about how the long-term enduring market framework might exist in this space. So it's, it's a really pivotal moment in how this, this industry develops. Um, so 300,000 charges, as I say, a minimum expectation. Uh, I think we're broadly speaking heading in the right direction. 2030 is several years away still, but broadly speaking, we're seeing more and more investment go into infrastructure, and that's not just public, but also private, so domestic, workplace, fleet operations. Um, and that's really important, actually, that that comes in advance, because that's one of the government's key goals in association with this 300,000 target number, uh, is that these charge points are installed ahead of demand to provide EV drivers, whether they're private or, or fleet, with the confidence that that infrastructure exists and that they can switch electric vehicle with a degree of comfort. But you know, this number could be 700,000, it could be less. 
Um, it really depends on a number of key things, I think. And some of those really depend on the swing in on-street charging. So providing infrastructure for those who, who may not have access to a, to a driveway. That's where a really high volume of, of charging infrastructure could come in and, and will influence that number. But you know, where Drax is a little bit more focused is on workplace and fleet and destination charging. And if you build out those parts of the, the ecosystem more, you may find that you need less on-street charging if you know everywhere you, you go, which is a key destination, there's an EV charger that you can access. Or um, if you're at work, there's somewhere for you to charge. You, know, you, you start to see that the number of charges you might require in total uh, can, can reduce um, and be used more efficiently as well. Nats, have you got anything you want to sort of add on top of that? And perhaps also um, just thinking about, you know, any key questions that you're being asked for, for uh, by fleets looking to make the transition, um, particularly in relation to, to infrastructure. So at the algorithm people, we work specifically with commercial fleet operators and actually within their fleet mix, they have some of the grey fleet who are more familiar in terms of using public charging infrastructure. We've seen some great innovation around kind of consolidation of payment, so on public infrastructure and also home charging for those grey fleet providers. So actually they're not, you know, um, bearing that cost directly. I think for commercial fleets, it's the kind of questions we're being asked is around, you know, availability, bookability, how can they include charging within their, you know, their general day-to-day -day work life so that they're not actually impacting their commercial operation by having charging infrastructure. A lot of the fleets we're working with at the moment are at relatively early stages and therefore considering charges charging predominantly at the workplace stroke depot to, and we've returned to depot to do that charging but there's a lot of questions and we always say to you know providers up, up front before you make that transition make sure you do kind of the evidence-based methodology around are you making the most of your existing fleet to minimize that charging out in, out in the field so there's lots of things to consider and i think a lot of questions are First of all, can I transition, i.e. what does my fleet look like? And then the second part is how do I uh, service that fleet with the infrastructure at my depots or actually with some of the partnerships we've got in terms of those destination or, or public charging? Yeah, so it sounds like there's some really good progress that's being made. And I guess, you know, are, are there any sort of unanswered questions that you think we need to be sort of looking at, you know, in terms of some of the ongoing challenges that perhaps we may need to, to overcome some of those unanswered questions where, where perhaps there needs to be greater focus? I think, you know, I think following on from what, from what Nat has said, in, you know, fleets in our experience too are very um, interested in understanding how their operation continues when they go away from what's a relatively safe and mature environment, which is workplace charging. It's it's relatively mature compared to, to other parts of the ecosystem. Um, and I think this is where the government's consumer experience consultation could go uh, several steps towards answering some of those those critical questions. So as you, as you mentioned in the intro, um, recently the government responded to the consultation which was published in 2021, and there are a range of measures coming forward that could really could really help that consumer experience. And, and ultimately, you know, consumer is a fleet as well, and and that experience of, of charging needs to work for those operations, which are business critical typically. So some examples that I think are quite 
quite interesting, could be very helpful are things like introducing a minimum payment method across the public network. So this is likely to mean contactless bank card payments. So being able to go to any public charger above a, a certain power rating and using your contactless debit or credit card to, to pay for that charging session could be very, very valuable. It removes the need for, for sort of proprietary systems, which which could be complex and, and time consuming if you're particularly if you're new to this this transition to EV. Um, and then some other things that, that might be of use uh, answering those key questions. You know, where are the charge points, for example? The idea here with this consultation, the proposed measures is you have open data. So it gets easier for drivers to locate those charge points and understand what, what features and capabilities they have. Is it the right thing for your vehicle? Um, is it available? Those sorts of things. Um, and then finally, just something like transparent pricing is probably really, really timely and important in this, this environment we exist in at the moment with inflation. The idea is that more transparent pricing, probably based on pence per kilowatt hour is introduced, making it much easier to compare prices. Um, and also, if you're a fleet manager and you understand your costs better, that, that makes your operation a little bit smoother, I, I believe. Yeah, all good stuff. Um, so when we when we look at fleets, um, how do you think their needs vary to, to private motorists? And, and do you think we're striking the right balance when we look at the sort of deployment of rapid charging versus sort of slower charging? So, yeah, who wants to take that one? I'll, if I start, Tom, and then I'll hand over to you. So from a kind of commit commercial fleets, you know, looking, they are usually planning today for tomorrow. So understanding kind of the workload, the delivery points or the collection points in terms of how to manage that workload. We work very closely with them and say, you know, first of all, how can you optimize your deliveries, i.e. complete the, the workload, but in the shortest distance in the most efficient way and therefore minim minimizing any requirements for fuel or recharging for electric vehicles. Um, and actually for commercial users, it's about utilizing those. So if you need to make a recharge, can you do it at the same time as a driver break? Therefore, you're not impacting the delivery day. You know, So really uh, planning efficiently is really important. And I think from a, from a transport manager perspective, I think it's difficult enough at the moment planning those, but when you've got a mixed fleet, so we're gonna go through a large transition period where fleet operators have got you know existing ice vehicles and ev and alternative fuels so actually planning efficiently is really really important and that recharge potential where they're recharging overlaying you know availability is really really key to moving forward for fleet operators yeah absolutely agree commonly we we think about the same kind of problems and, and questions when we're working with our uh, fleet customers you know, what's your fleet size what kind of uh, payload are you delivering you know where are you going to complete your your job um how long have you got to charge and it's it's really critical that you understand how the fleet operates like like's been suggested um but one of the things that you know we we commonly need to, to think about in terms of of how how do we provide the right infrastructure for fleets or private motors is is kind of overcoming the the kind of immediate thought that you need a rapid charge point um, everywhere you go, every every parking space is just generally not not needed. And actually, you can achieve quite a lot of electrification in your fleet um, with with a with an AC charger rated between seven and, and twenty two kilowatts, because those those fleet vehicles they're dwelling for you know, several hours overnight, maybe or, or during the day. 
you know you can deliver uh, enough electricity to to recharge the battery to have enough range to do the job you need to do within that time without investing enormous sums of money in in the rapid rapid infrastructure which also you need then need to take sort of serious consideration of the network upgrades as well so it's, it's not an exact science balancing rapid and slow but you can i think achieve quite a lot with slow charging um provided you've done the things that Nats has said about understanding exactly what that fleet is doing and, and having the data to back it up. Fantastic. I Nats. think the other thing to add to that is, you know, fleet operators may have to consider how they're, you know, changing their operation in the future. So, for example, if they've got fleets that leave all together at 6am in the morning and come back at 4 at night, they might need to do staggered charging and therefore change the operation slightly so they've got waves of fleets coming to and from the depot to utilize their infrastructure more efficiently. But agree, as Tom said, you know, the majority of fleets we're talking to at the moment are using that overnight charge. So they've got the, you know, 100% in the morning. Yeah, and in, I mean, in terms of sort of taking the drivers along the journey with them, um, are, are these sort of, you know, you, me you mentioned there about having to maybe change the way that they've done things in the past. Is this a type of question that you're getting asked? You know, how how are you working with companies to sort of bring their drivers along the journey with them? So from a, a planning perspective, we're still talking to fleet operators now who leave it down to the individual driver sometimes to resequence those routes. And actually we're hearing uh, fleet managers asking around, you know, how can we ensure that we've got enough range if there's uh, different driving styles, for example, because that will affect the manufacturer's range or the range of that vehicle. But equally, so will the order, the sequence of those deliveries. So we're still seeing that drivers maybe have their usual stop of lunch somewhere, but it will be businesses will have to come super efficient that drivers need to follow the scheduled plans and routes make sure, sure that they maximize the range of the vehicles and therefore don't do any detours or something that's unplanned to ensure that they complete their deliveries or uh, recharge at the appropriate and a um, scheduled places for example. And I mean you know we we produced uh, a fleet charging guide earlier in the year um, because we recognised that perhaps the the diversity of fleet wasn't always fully understood, particularly when we talked to when we start you know looking at local authorities who are going to start taking on more responsibility around the planning and provision of of charge points and things like that. In terms of the local authorities and and with more responsibility being passed in that direction, what what challenges and opportunities do you think that brings brings for fleets? Well, it's an interesting set of proposals around local authorities in the EV infrastructure strategy. It's probably worth highlighting that it, it seems that those potential obligations are subject to a consultation uh, at this point. But you know, if they go forward the way the government seems to to set out in its strategy, then um, there could be uh, some really interesting opportunities that present themselves, not just for fleets but also for for those, you know, those local authority areas where a range of different people are using EVs and, and charging their cars or vans. Um, so, so, for example, with with the knowledge that local authorities have of their local authority area, they may be able to identify some really suitable locations to site that charging infrastructure, which could in turn make charging much more convenient and affordable for consumers. Which I think's got to be a real a real positive point. Um, and in England, there may well be a £500 million support programme 
called the local uh, EV infrastructure scheme, as I understand it. And the aim of that scheme is to provide funding for these local infrastructure rollouts. At the moment, there's a £10 million pilot scheme taking place to, to test the water. But there's a lot of potential here to, to kind of really develop out quite holistically and well well thought through uh, infrastructure uh, ecosystems within local authority areas. So there's, there's plenty of potential. Uh, it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how that, that unfolds. Yeah, I think one of the things that we highlighted in the fleet charging guide was that, you know, fleets obviously do hold a lot of knowledge, uh, expertise, and if the local authorities can speak to them, then they can harness that and also make sure that, you know, the infrastructure is deployed in such a way that works for, for everybody. And I guess in a lot of cases, the, the fleets are the early adopters of electric vehicles. So if we can get it right for them, hopefully we get a sort of, you know, infrastructure network that's going to work for everybody. So, um, in terms of in infrastructure development or anything that particularly excites you about what's coming down the line? So for me, I think something that's a real opportunity and really exciting is commercial charging hubs. So we've been talking to providers who are currently at the moment procuring space and land and actually how that's going to work for fleets, I think will be super important, particularly as we move you know, from the LCV market into HGV around really commercializing those. So again putting bookability on the, on those sites so that you i think technically we can help with that so we're part of our solution we can help with bookability of you know charge points i think it's the actually operationally how that's carried out and ensuring that vehicles are in their right you know allocated or designated space i think that's really interesting and i think fleets will rely on that in the future to make sure that they have got you know considered booked uh, charging infrastructure for their fleet as well as their existing locations I think there'll be partnerships within the market as well with um, you know some big operators where their fleets might be out during the night for example or during the day and therefore as a business be able to commercialize their own infrastructure for other fleets and I think there'll be partnerships in the market so I think this is going to be a really exciting space over the next couple of years. I think it's really exciting what kind of commercial opportunities you might be able to generate as as the infrastructure and the uptake of EVs accelerates. And from the perspective of Drax, I mean, we, we don't just provide EV charging infrastructure for, for businesses. We, we're also an electricity supplier for businesses as well. And one of the things that we're doing an increasing amount of work on is, is optimizing what we call electric assets. And, you know, our view is that Electric vehicles are fundamentally an asset that can be used to do a range of very interesting things when you link it up with, you know, a data-driven approach to, to optimization. What can you do with that that car fundamentally, or, or a collection of vehicles? Can you participate in in markets, for example, in electricity space? Very interesting for us, and we're also very excited about how vehicle to grid might be able to to facilitate kind of that kind of thought process and that. That development you move from just being able to kind of move the charging around to save money and carbon and you could start to think about how can that electricity start to flow back into the grid to provide services and, and potentially generate revenue so as drax that's one of those opportunities that we're really excited to, to explore more and that will that will come as um as the uptake of evs and particularly in the fleet space which is really well positioned for this type of thing uh moves forward over the next five ten years 
And when we when we sort of think about SMEs, so I mean, I know, you know, a lot of the transition, we've seen a lot of the bigger sort of corporates, particularly on the, on the commercial vehicle side, but it's probably a bit more challenging on the SME side. So, you know, what support is out there for SMEs who are looking to electrify their fleets or upgrade their sites? Well, I mean, from a from a charging infrastructure perspective, there's there's two OZEV office reserve emission vehicle schemes that, that spring to my mind immediately um, that might be able to help um, SMEs with EV infrastructure. Uh, the first one is relatively new. It's called the EV infrastructure grant for staff and fleets. Um, at a high level, this grant aims to provide money for SMEs towards the infrastructure and the charge points. Um, and the second scheme, which has been running for a bit longer, is the workplace charging scheme, and that provides support towards the cost of purchasing and installing the charge points. So those are the two ones that jump out, and I think there's quite a lot of information um, provided by OZEV on both of those. And just to add to that, Tom, in, in terms of smaller SMEs, so our product, My Transport Planner, it's a web-based application to help fleets optimize and plan their deliveries or their jobs more efficiently their assets and actually that is available you know for SMEs on a pay-as-you-go basis so even before they make that transition they can start reducing their CO2 and fuel you know up to 20% by utilizing software such as you know optimization tools such as my transport planner which therefore can help fund that transition into alternative fuels or actually it can make a difference between changing one or two of their fleet to um, you know much higher significant number by reducing the amount of miles driven to do the same job effectively. Well, thank you both so much for, for speaking to me today. Um, it's been fantastic to, to have the conversation and share your insights. And uh, thank you to you, the audience, for listening in. Thank you. Thank you.